This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. Our next guest uh, works for a nonprofit, actually leads a nonprofit. It's called Delivering Good, which has been bringing together retailers, manufacturers, foundations, and individuals to help out people affected by poverty and more. The nonprofit has been doing it for 35 years and counting, and since then, over $2 billion worth of donated products have been distributed through their network of partners. So let's find out a little bit more on what they are doing and how the pandemic impacted their organization and the folks that they are trying to help out. Lisa Gerwich is president and CEO of Delivering Good. She joins us on the phone in New York City. Lisa, nice to have you here on Bloomberg. How are you? I'm doing great, Carol. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, Certainly nice to see kind of our world reopening and getting a little bit closer to normal, uh, if you will. But we know the world is still struggling. We're still not over the pandemic as, as well. Tell me about the last year and what it's been like for you all at Delivering Good. Well, Carol, I feel like we're emerging, too, but we have to acknowledge that the last year has been really tough for a lot of people. People lost loved ones. People lost jobs. They had business challenges. We've heard a lot about the mental health challenges, especially for young people, and we're certainly all very aware of the continuing racial inequality in in our society. So a lot of challenges, but at the same time, um, we were able to provide a record amount of new product donations to people in need. So these numbers are going to sound pretty incredible, over $300 million worth of new products. That's about 70 million items. Wow. So tell me how, first of all, it's a sign of that people needed it and they needed the help. So that's the rough side of it. But pretty remarkable considering it was not an easy year, at least until we kind of found our footing to you know, work within supply chains and get things to where they needed to be. So tell us how you did it. Well, it was not easy for anyone. Um, We have a team, we're a small but mighty team of about 16 people, and they worked literally around the clock for days and weeks and months in order to get these needed products from where they were to the people that they could help. Um, But we don't do it alone. We do it in partnership with incredible businesses in the retail sector, manufacturers, um, and people all along the lines of those organizations. Sometimes it's the CEOs who are aware of us and who make the connection. Sometimes it's the folks in the warehouses who are aware of some excess inventory that can be used for good. And so we are grateful to everybody who has played a role. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Just, you know, dig a little bit deeper, if you will, and unpack it a little bit in terms of it was not, you know, you probably had a lot of partners who were just dealing with their own crises of their businesses or supply chains or keeping their team and their workers safe uh, amid the pandemic. How were, how did that all kind of work out and come together? Was it a little bit tough the first couple of months in terms of, you know, you being able to do what you needed to do because those that you work with were having a tough time? Because it's interesting. We have a lot of conversations with CEOs who basically say, yeah, back in March of 2020, we thought our business was done. And then we started to figure out how to pivot and how to do things within a pandemic world where we were, you know, basically working from home and figuring it out. So, Carol, everything that you just mentioned (laughs) is absolutely true. Uh, The retailers, as we all know, had to close many locations, and some are still in the process of doing that. It was very difficult. It was traumatic for those who were left to work and those who they had to say goodbye to. So it was 
hard for everybody. In addition, there's another set of partners that we really need to acknowledge. Um, with 16 people, you can imagine that we can't give away 70 million items and also to affect local communities. So we have about 2,000 local community partners in every state in the United States, in Canada, and in other places around the world. They were struggling as well. They were struggling to keep their employees and volunteers safe. Many people who volunteer in the organizations that we work with weren't able to go. They may be older, they may have health risks, so they were not able to volunteer. So there were challenges in every direction. And, of course, charitable funding was not always available for right. everybody who needed it. So, Lisa, tell us about this Women of Inspiration Roundtable series that you guys uh, are hosting. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Happy to do that, Carol. And I'm also pleased and appreciative to say that Bloomberg Philanthropies is one of our sponsors. So thanks to um, them and other generous sponsors, um, we're able to do something that we can't normally do. Usually in June, we invite people to come to a luncheon. It's a fundraising luncheon, but it's really about celebrating women's leadership. This year, we're still not ready for luncheons. So instead, I'd like to invite your listeners to send three of their lunch times in June, the first three Wednesdays of June. So that is June 2nd, June 9th, and June 16th. Um, with us for an hour and 15 amazing speakers to be inspired. Coming out of COVID, I think a lot of people are reassessing how they spend their time, how they use their resources, what their dreams and goals are. And these speakers will help share their, their paths to leadership, their visions for the future. And they come from a variety of different industries, certainly some from fashion, but sports and the military and philanthropy and politics and academia. Um, and they're there to inspire all of us. I have to say some of the people on the lineup uh, among my favorites, Cynthia Marshall, the CEO of Dallas Mavericks. I've talked with her. Uh, she's pretty phenomenal and came into the Mavericks at a time that was tough, uh, you know, but really has uh, reinvigorated uh, that association. Uh, you have the CEO of Abercrombie & Fitch. I mean, it's really an interesting lineup. Um, tell us what the goal is of, of, of hosting this, this luncheon in this series. Our goal is really to provide three master classes on women's leadership and on everyone charting their course for the future. Um, we know that many of the business leaders who are listening to this show are very focused on achieving environmental and social and governance goals for their companies. Many employers and businesses are focused on diversity and equity and inclusion. Uh, so we'll incorporate all of those themes, uh, but we'll also hopefully share some insights that everyone can benefit from as we um, as we think about the future. Yeah. No, listen, There's. I feel like it's safe to say we've done a fair amount of events here at Bloomberg that we're talking about what happens in the workforce, how work is shifting, the impact on employees, but thinking about you know, the dual crises uh, of the last 12, 13 months, of course, the hardship impacted by the pandemic, the inequities that were revealed once again, uh, because of it, uh, George Floyd and uh, the inequalities within the work workplace. So it is interesting to kind of have a deep dive into it. And the situations, the problems, the stresses that are facing people at this point, women in particular, and how they find their way forward. Absolutely. I think that we intend to cover all of those topics and also to do that in the context of what we do. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about big numbers in our last segment, and it's hard to imagine 70 million of anything. But I don't think it's hard to think about being part of instilling dignity and hope and self-esteem to children, to families, to individuals who are in need. And so that's the context with which we do our work. And our vision is of a more equitable world in which everyone has the things that they need to have a fresh start and to overcome adversity. Well, one of the things I did want to ask you is, you know, what's the impact that you've seen as a result of the work that you are doing at Delivering Good? We see the impact every single day. It's certainly tremendous that we are able to be effective and an efficient business solution for excess inventory. And we're very proud of doing that and having a 36-year history of doing that. But we are also focused on the individual. So just in the last few days, we met by Zoom um, with people who have received things like new coats during this winter. And especially we've been focusing on homeless and disadvantaged youth. And every one of these young people has a dream. But they may not have had a family and other supports around them to enable them to live this dream. And just having a coat so that they can get on a school bus to return to school after a year or to keep the things in their backpack dry when it's raining. Um, These Mm. are young people who we met who told us that um, this is a boat of confidence. It enabled them to feel like somebody cares. And these were new coats with tags, not something that was a castaway, a a discarded item. Um, And we are about giving them hope so that they can fulfill their dreams. Well, and it's interesting, too, and maybe the last year has also kind of reminded all of us that it doesn't take much for many Americans who are just living on the edge financially and just kind of getting by that there isn't, you know, a rainy day fund so that when things go bad or something goes really bad, like it did this past year, that they can easily tap. And it reminds us that many people, as I said, on the edge, and it doesn't take much for people to just all of a sudden tip down into poverty. It is very true. We work with many shelters, and we have met many individuals who have been living in those shelters, and they will tell us one health crisis of a member of their family. They may have been formerly employed. They're no longer able to hold their jobs and take care of their family members. There's so many different circumstances. We work with many organizations who work with children in the foster system, and their lives may be abruptly disturbed when they are removed from the family situation and they don't have anything to take with them. So you're right that these can be um, catastrophic events that happen overnight. And every day of the year, there's something that we can do about it. Sometimes people wait until the end of the year and the holidays, Mm -hmm. and that's great. We see tremendous generosity. But believe it or not, today, our team was planning back to school. Kids are going back to school, which is fabulous. They're going to need to wear masks. They didn't stop growing during COVID. So we're in the midst of a campaign right now to make sure that kids have what they need to go back to school. Well, it's uh, impressive work that you guys are doing and, and certainly important work. And really appreciate getting an update uh, update on what you're doing. So, Lisa, thank you so much. Lisa Gerwich, she's President and Chief Executive Officer of Delivering Good. As we mentioned, they do have an upcoming Women of Inspiration Roundtable Series supported by Bloomberg Philanthropies, which is, of course, the philanthropic, uh, philanthropic arm of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg Radio. You can find out more at Delivering slash good or delivering hyphen I should say good
www.fedcap.org so you can find out more information. Just a reminder of how we wrapped up this trading day. It was an interesting day, chock full of news, retail news, JP Morgan news, uh, a lot going on, and yet uh, markets just finishing off the lows, down about eight tenths of a percent on both the S&P and the Dow, NASDAQ down almost six tenths of a percent. Uh, Dow off 267 points though, and we had the NASDAQ off about 75 points.